when you woke up today, what was your first thought? When you woke up today, what was your first thought? When our thoughts are focused on ourselves, our days typically are more discouraging and more dark. But when our first thought is focused on Jesus and what he's going to do, our thoughts have just immediately more hope. God always wants to do something to shatter our hopelessness and bring us into a deeper place of hope, a deeper place of light, a deeper place of trust. Often people want to paint Jesus as just a nice guy, which is why when you look at that little picture board on the TV screen by the, um, by the kitchen area, one of my least favorite words is nice. Jesus didn't come just to be a nice guy. I don't think he woke up on this particular day in our gospel today and thought, hey, you know what? I'm just going to be a nice guy. No, Jesus had an intention, a desire in his heart to change the world, to flip it right side up. So often I think that when we focus on ourselves, oh my gosh, all the stuff I have to do. And the Lord's like, your life is not about you. Stop trying to carry that load. Stop trying to carry that burden. And let me be Lord. Let me take care of you. And in that being taken care of, that means you and I have to be obedient. We have to be obedient. Obedience is a non-negotiable for the Catholic Christian. Even when it sucks. <laughs> I have to get early. I get up early. I made a choice to surrender my life every day to Jesus. Ergo, I live differently. And my life is not primarily focused on myself. You know, the man with the withered hand, he's probably looking at himself, looking at himself, looking at himself. Does anybody see me? Does anybody care about me? Is my life ever going to get better? And he was in the synagogue every day around holy people wondering, do they care about me? Does anybody see me? We've all been there before. And the scribes and the Pharisees, these holy people, you know, they, they, they wonder how can we accuse Jesus of something so I don't have to think about him anymore, so I don't have to let him come into my life? But Jesus knows their intentions. He knows their brokenness. He knows that they don't know the love of the Father. He knows that they're more concerned about the exterior rather than the interior. So Jesus says to the man with a withered hand, who is all of us, by the way, come up and stand before us. So he has a choice to make. At that point in his life, just like you and I have at the first thing of the day we do, to be obedient or to be disobedient. What does the man with the withered hand do? He obeys the commands of Jesus. He rises. He starts that process of the resurrection and he stood there, which means he had to wait in obedience to what Jesus wanted to do. So often you and I approach Jesus and we think, Jesus, do it. Jesus, do it. Come on, I'm snapping my fingers. Come on, God, do it. And it doesn't happen when we want it to. But the Lord's like, trust me. I'll take care of you in my time, not yours. Sometimes the Lord works immediately. Sometimes he doesn't. But what does Isaiah 55 say? As far as the heavens are above the earth are my ways above your ways. God doesn't work in normal human ways. He works in mysterious ways because he always wants to wow us and woo us. So Jesus says to the man with the withered hand, withered, or says to the Pharisees and the scribes, he says, I ask you, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath rather than to do evil, to save life rather than to destroy it? And he looks around at them all 
And you can maybe just imagine Jesus looking at all of us right now and just looking at you and, he's, and he says to the man, stretch out your hand. How often in scripture do we hear about Jesus taking people by the hand to help them? Peter, sinking in the water, grabs his hand, pulls him back onto the boat. We know we just heard about Simon's mother. He takes her by the hand in the time of her fever and he cures her. There's something about taking a person by the hand and just walking with them and helping them to a place of hopelessness to hope or disobedience to obedience. And, he, and the man, again, is obedient. He stretches out his hand. And because he was obedient, his hand was restored. How often do you and I even take our bodies for granted? And I'm not pointing fingers at you. I'm pointing fingers at myself. But how often do we just forget, I have hands, and there are people in the world that don't even have hands. I have feet, and there are people in the world who don't even have feet. I have eyes. I have ears. I have a functioning body. And how many people in our world don't have that? The joy of the man whose hand was restored wants to be put out right away by the rage of the Pharisees and scribes because they want to figure out a way how to kill him. But when you and I are obedient to the commands of Jesus, not just when it's easy, but also when it's difficult, it allows others to see that they can do the same. You never know who's looking at you. That's the point of the gospel. Jesus sees all, he hears all, and he is all. And he wants us to be all in for him. So that means you and I need silent time when you spend time with his word to understand who or what he wants to do today, to listen. But then when he asks you to do something, you have to be obedient and take a risk and walk in faith. Jesus might tell you to not do something today or to do something today. But how do we understand what his voice sounds like? By spending time with his word. If what he asks you to do is in accord with scripture and tradition and the magisterium of the church, do it. If it sounds a little bit crazy, but still in accord with scripture, tradition, and the magisterium, then do it. And watch what he does instead of what you have to do. If we, if we wake up every day Oh my gosh, what do I have to do? It's so overwhelming. The Lord's like, your life's not about you. It's never been about you. It never will be about you. Once you figure that out, your life will be better. And know who you bring with you. You bring with you Jesus because you're at the mass and this word on this page is going to come flesh on that altar and come into you. And as St. Maximilian Kolbe says, it's not I that consume him, it's he that consumes me. Will you let yourself be totally consumed by Jesus today? Or will the ways of the world overwhelm you? Or will you live in fear and go to that hopeless place? What does Jesus want? He wants us to commit to obedience and to trust him. The withered hand is nothing for Jesus. 
Remember, he's looking at you and he loves you and he wants to do amazing things through you. Maybe when you're walking around on campus today, just be asking your heart, Jesus, what are you, what are you doing here? What do you want to do here? Do you want to work through, through me? Or do you want me to be like you and just look around and observe and love? We make a, it's important that we make a commitment every day to make sure our first thought is Jesus and asking him, what are you going to do today? Last thing is, I am trying to kill the snooze button on my phone. I'm finding it to be one of the most evil things in the world because the first thought, my first thought is sloth. My first thought thought is sloth. I'm taking care of myself in a slothful way. It's it's my fault if I don't get good rest. It's my fault if I'm not eating well. It's it's, It's my fault. That's no one else's fault. But if I think of, by not hitting the snooze button, who can I pray for? the motivation is much greater. A life focused on what God's going to do and living for others is a happy life. And Jesus wants his joy to be in you. That means we have to be obedient to his commands and live disciplined lives so his Holy Spirit can work through us more freely. The best part about our faith is you can start over right now. Maybe your first thought today was awful and you don't even want to think about it. All Jesus says, repent of it and start over right now. What does Jesus want to do today? It's always something amazing, but it takes our risk in faith, our risk in him to actually follow through and watch him do amazing things. Because if we don't act in faith, if we don't take risks and be obedient, We are the Pharisees. We are the scribes. We are the ones looking for a reason to accuse him for not doing stuff. And then we become enraged and discouraged. And we think of what we might do do to Jesus. We rather thought what he might do through us. So we pause. We stop right now. We pray and we start over. We give thanks and praise to you, Father, for your life-changing word which will become flesh on this altar in Jesus. We ask that your Holy Spirit fall upon us and give us the grace to be obedient to the commands of Jesus this day. To know that he wants to do amazing things through us. Little or big, we pray for the grace to be obedient to the commands of Jesus. Amen.